these words, the power of God can come into our lives. As we read these words, if we believe it and we trust, like we just saying, if we have trust, that as we read these words, strongholds, demonic, demons, the devil, his hold on us will be broken as we read his word and then as we partake together in communion, in koinonia, connection, communion to God. This is so necessary for our life as a Christian. This is so necessary for our walk as a Christian. And we just pray, but you must believe it. You must believe in the power of God to do this. You must put your faith and your belief into God, into this truth. And so, Lord, we pray as we read your word, break strongholds. Break strongholds of the enemy, sickness, disease, fear, anything you can think of. I I want us as we partake this morning to think of ourselves. You know, the Lord wants us to examine our heart. He wants us to examine our, our heart because that's what he wants. He wants us. He wants our heart. So we're going to read this together and just believe that he will open our eyes and our ears to the importance of koinonia. Ready? When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Wait a second. This was right after they had the five loaves and two fishes, right? This was after that story. So they were hungry. They wanted more food. (laughs) All right, let's go. Do not work. Oh, wait, did we miss one? You're right. Okay. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God, the Father, has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this. This is the work that we're to be doing. The verse we just read said, don't do the work that gets you food. Do God's work. This is the work right here. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it? And believe you. What will you do? (coughs) Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. But it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. (coughs) For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Wait a minute. I want you to think about this. We read this like we're just reading information, right? But this was Jesus saying these words to the people. He was telling them that he was the Messiah. He was the bread of heaven. This is Jesus saying this to us. So let's read it again. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. 
Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Listen, he's never going to drive you away. He's never going to say, uh-uh, out of here, you failed today. He's never going to drive you away. Anytime you turn to him, he is there before you are waiting. Ready? Let's go. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall not lose none of all that he has given me, the people, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And at this... The Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. He's talking about communion. He's talking about what he said to us when he said, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said to them, let's go. I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and 
I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your fathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Okay, thank you. How clear can it be, right? The importance of what we're going to do right now. How clear can it be? This is not just a religious act. This is not just a performance. This is not just something we do religiously to remember Jesus. This is something that brings us into eternal life. Because why? He said that when we, he said, when we eat the bread and we drink the wine, it becomes his flesh and his blood, and we eat it and we drink it, and it comes into us. It comes into our body supernaturally. Jesus comes into us. Think of it. Jesus, every time, every time we take communion, Jesus comes into us. It said we have to eat the body and drink the blood to have eternal life. And he'll raise us up on the last day. Amen? Amen. Eternal life. (coughs) We come to Jesus and we follow his ways. And one way he has given us, where he said, if you want more of me, how many times have you sang that? How many times have you said that? I want more of Jesus. I want more of Jesus. Have more communion. Eat the bread. Drink the wine. Eat the bread. Drink the wine. Everywhere you go, eat the bread. Drink the wine. Take it with you. They have travel packs now. And Jesus said, He said to his disciples, remember, when they were in the upper room, remember? He said, this is my bread, or this is my body broken for you. That's what he called the bread, his body. This is my blood poured out for you, for the forgiveness of sin. Amen? Say amen. Say amen. Say amen. Amen. Let's pass out the communion. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Lord, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for this provision, your body broken for us, for our healing, broken so that we could be healed in Jesus' name. And as we partake together today, We're going to believe for healing to take place to our bodies, to our minds, to our spirits. The body of Jesus broken. Broken and poured out. Broken and poured out for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship him. Come on, worship him. I don't care if there's only five of us. Let's worship, right? Yes, Lord, we're, we're a small army here, but you're doing great things, and you're going to do great things. And we come to you, and we lift up your body. We lift up the bread. We lift it up. Lift it up to him. We lift up the bread. We lift it up. We do this to remember you. We do this because we want more of you. We do this because we want you to be in us. We do this because we want to come into unity with you, into unity with Jesus. If we come, I'm going to tell you right now, if we come into unity with Jesus by the body and the blood Do you realize the power of God that can come upon you if you believe this? Lord, help our unbelief. Help our unbelief, Jesus. 
Give us faith, Lord, this morning. Give this little army sitting here today faith in the name of Jesus to do powerful things for God, powerful things for the nations, bringing the nations to Christ in Jesus' name. And we lift this body and we break it because you broke it for us. And we partake together. Hallelujah. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Does anybody want to come up and sing or give a testimony? I feel like God told me to say that. (laughs) Must be he wants us to do that. (laughs) So start preparing. Practice your song. Sing a new song unto the Lord. Hallelujah. We have to prepare to be his army. Amen. So we take the blood. We take the blood the wine in the name of Jesus. We lift it before you, Lord. Transform this, Lord. Transform this as we partake by faith in koinonia, in communion, because our desire is to be covered by the blood. Our desire is to see this church covered by the blood. Our desire is to see this community covered by the blood and as we partake we pray a shield of protection over this community over our families in Jesus name and we thank you for the forgiveness and the redemption that is provided through the blood as we partake together thank you Jesus And right now, I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. Because we are going to break strongholds. We are going to break strongholds in Jesus' name. I want you to think of anyone right now who needs prayer. Anyone who is in a battle. Anyone who has had an assignment of the enemy placed over their life to destroy them to steal from them, to kill them. We come against all of these things in Jesus' name. And as your army, as your people, and by the power of the bread and the wine, the body and the blood, we come against and cast down all strongholds in Jesus' name over the people that you have given us to pray over and to love and to believe for. And we believe, Lord, that as we pray together this morning, that these things will be broken off, people. These things will be broken off, people, in the name of Jesus. You have given us full authority, and we take it in Jesus' name, and we say, be gone. Set my people free. Set my people free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of God. We praise you and we thank you. We believe for healing. We believe for restoration. We believe for deliverance in Jesus' name. And we look with expectancy. We look for the proof of God over our family, over our friends, over our loved ones, over our community, over our neighbors, people. Let us worship God and thank him for the answers that he is going to bring by faith from this group and from groups all around the world this morning who are praying and believing. We join with them and we join our faith with them to see our nation restored to see our nation restored. And we praise you and thank you and give you glory. Bless Chris as he comes. Give him a word for us, Lord, that we desperately need another form of worship. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.
Come on down, Grace. Ephraim's our usher picking up the cups. Get your cups ready for Ephraim. Ephraim, mine's over on the seat. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for the tithes and offering that you're bringing into this house. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless the work of our hands, that you would prosper us. It says in your word, Lord God, that above all, you want us to prosper and be in good health. And Lord God, and I just thank you and praise you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're doing in our lives, what you're going to do in this place. We are looking forward to miracles, signs, and wonders taking place here. Lord God, we're looking forward for people being touched by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the, the joy and the oil of gladness being poured out upon your people. We thank you, Lord God, and we are just praying, Lord God, that you would be glorified. And we give you all the praise and honor for the tithes and offerings that you're bringing in. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Lots of scripture today. I got a new notebook the other day when I went to Staples, and which is great because I can fill it with God's word. About the only thing I take notes on. <laughs> what God is speaking to me. Amen. So if you got your Bibles, you can open up the first Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one. And we're going to start with verse one and read from verse one to verse nine. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles, scattered throughout the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithany, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. What does the Apostle Paul say about faith? It is a shield, the shield of faith. Peter saying the same thing. Through faith, who through faith are shielded by God's power, we are protected by God. Verse 6. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Who here has ever had trials? Most of us have trials. If you haven't had trials, then I'm sure they will come. <laughs> all trials are nobody's exempt from any trials. There will be trials that will test your faith. Amen? In all this you greatly rejoice, through now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These trials have come so that the proven, so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire, 
may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is being sure of what we are of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. All our hope is in Jesus. There's a song like that, right? My wife said, if anybody felt like singing, let them sing. Here it goes. All our hope is in Jesus. All my yesterdays are gone. <laughs> All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. Amen. We were just washed by the blood this morning and taking communion. Amen. All our hope is in Jesus. Amen. As Peter said, though you have not seen him, you loved him. And even though we do not see him now, we believe in him. Amen? That's all our hope. It's like Peter was talking to us when he wrote this. Even though we don't see him, we love him. Even though we don't see him, we believe him. What we believe as Christians and rejoice in and celebrate is the testimony of Jesus Christ. That Jesus died on a cross for our sins. That he redeemed us and bought us with a price. His own life. His own blood. He purchased us with his blood. You, which Peter says, faith, it's greater than gold. Even though gold may perish, your faith is greater than gold. What is more valuable, gold or faith? Faith is more valuable. I'd rather have faith than have all the riches of the world. Amen. We believe in the testimony of Jesus. We believe in it, right? By faith. Don't we? We didn't see Jesus in the flesh walking on this earth. We didn't hear Jesus' words when he was on the mount. Giving us the Beatitudes. Or giving us the Sermon on the Mount. We didn't see that. We weren't there when Jesus fed the 5,000. With the two loaves. Or with the two fish and five loaves. But we believe. Yet we believe. We believe in the testimony of the saints. We believe in his word. Which is alive. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Amen? We believe. We hold steadfast. We believe in his testimony by faith and have a hope in him that is unshakable and steadfast. That he too will be raised, that we too will be raised with him and placed in heavenly places. We too believe that we will be in heaven with him. In his kingdom. Amen? Amen? That's what we believe. 
Paul tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. And not only that, but He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. I pray right now in Jesus' name that we press into Him, that we seek Him, and that we believe Him, and in doing so, God will reward us. Amen? I've been reading Proverbs the last couple weeks, and the promises that it has in there for the righteous men and women the promises that God will not fail them or forsake them. That God will always be with them. That he will reward the righteous. But he will... He will destroy the unjust, basically. That he will lead the righteous in paths according to his riches and glory. That he will lead them down right paths for those that keep straight on him that focus on Him, and that the way of the wicked will perish, but the way of the righteous will be life and life everlasting. I pray in Jesus' name that we are pushed. <laughs> I heard an apostle say that, and I loved it. I pray that Kononia, our church, is pushed and pushed into pressing in to God. Amen? We need to push ourselves and press in to the kingdom of God. We need to press in to faith. We need to press into Him, the giver of faith. We need to press in so that our faith is not shakable, that it's unshakable. Paul's letter to the Colossians in 2 6 through 7. Tells us, he tells us to be rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, as though faith was an exercise, which it is, because we need to exercise our faith every day. And that's how we grow in our faith. Amen? Strengthening in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thanksgiving and thankfulness. I'm sharing all of this with you today. For I believe for one, because I love everyone that's here. And not only that, but I want everyone that's here to be rooted in Christ so deep. That when things that come upon this earth, which are going to take place in these last days, will not shake you. That you will not doubt who you are. That you will not doubt the Gospels. That you will not doubt God's Word. That you are rooted and built up in Him, in Christ Jesus, so deep, so strong, that you will be like the mighty oaks planted by the streams the streams of living water, so that people will come to you and say, how can you be so calm? How can you have peace? Because the peace that surpasses all understanding will be upon you, that peace that only can come from the Father, from the Son, from the Lord. That peace will rest upon you when all chaos is taking place, when mountains are falling and seas are roaring, that you will be able to stand your ground, be not shaken by the things around you, but will stand in faith in Christ. That's the most important thing. Because there's an enemy out there who's roaring like a lion, and he's roaring because he knows his time is short. And he is looking for someone to devour. And if he can rattle your faith 
if he can shake your faith, then the door is opened. The crack has begun. And once you take a, it's like water. Water will find the lowest spot and go to it. The enemy is like that. The enemy will take a little crack and blow it wide open. The next thing you know, there's a flood in there. Amen? That's why we need to be rooted deep. That's why we need not to be shaken. That's why we should never be uh, pulled from the faith, pulled from the gospel, pulled from God's word by any other doctrine out there. And we test everything by God's word and through prayer. Amen? <clears throat> we have to trust and believe, not in ourselves or in men, but trusting in God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path, your path straight. Amen? We must remember... That faith is not the belief that God will do what we want. Faith isn't for us to say, oh God, I want you to do this, I want to do this, I want you to do that. That's not faith. Faith is the belief that God will do what is right. See, there's a lot of things that we want, and we want God to do, but a lot of those things are not the right things. See, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He knows the right way to do things. And he will do it. And we have to submit to that. Amen. I want, you to, I want to read you a story in Mark chapter 5. Oh. And I want to close with this. Oh, and I need my scripture. I'll get that open. We're going to go to Mark chapter 5. I think it's down in here. Verse 21 through 34. When Jesus had began to cross over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him, but a large crowd followed and pressed all around him. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting any better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought... If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. <clears throat> 
at once. Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you? His disciple answered, And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told, them, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering." That's the power of faith. Amen? She was healed by faith. for a moment, please. <clears throat> All we have to do is reach out and touch Jesus. This is a little teaching from Max Licato. All you have to do is reach out and touch Jesus. Amen? Because power is coming from Him and healing them all. But for some reason, we don't even try. Does this sound right to you? You have nothing to give God but problems. All you have to offer Him is your hurt. You want to accept His gift of grace, but you feel unworthy of His sacrifice. Maybe that has kept you from coming to God. Oh, you have taken a step or two in His direction, but then you saw the other people who follow Him. They seem so clean, so neat, so trim and fit in their faith. So you hesitated. If that description fits, then the story of this woman that we just read is our own story. Because I'm sure she too felt unworthy. You know in Jewish law, for an unclean person to touch a clean person makes them unclean. And they're supposed to go outside the city and wash and spend a period of time outside the city to be cleansed. And then they have to go present themselves to the high priest and show proof of their cleansing. She, considered unclean by her culture, demonstrated her devotion to Jesus by just touching the hem of the Savior's garment. And that slight gesture moved Jesus to heal her. She was a shame-struck, penniless outcast who clung to her hunch that he could and her that he, that he could and her hope that he would. 
Isn't that what faith is all about? A conviction that he can and that he will. Sounds similar to the definition of faith given in the Bible. Without faith, no one can please God. Anyone who comes to God must believe that he is real and that he rewards those who truly want to find him. We read that in Hebrews 11.6. It's not complicated, is it? Faith is the belief that God is real and that God is good. Faith isn't a mystical experience or a midnight vision or a voice in the forest. It's a choice to believe that the one who made all, the one who made it all, hasn't left it all, and that he still sends light into shadows and responds to gestures of faith. God who created it all is in all. And he rewards those who seek him diligently. He sends that light into the darkness. And what does the Bible say about the darkness when light comes in? The darkness has to flee. Amen? God has done that for us, and that light is Jesus. And for all who put their faith and hope in Jesus, they will be rewarded. Not only that, but we learn today that they will be raised up in the last days. Amen? For faith with no effort is no faith at all. God will respond, but we have to give effort to our faith. Amen? We have to exercise our faith. God honors radical risk-taking faith. When arcs are built, lives are saved. When soldiers march, Jericho's tumble. When staffs are raised, seas still open. When a lunch is shared, thousands are fed. And when a garment is touched, whether by the hand of an anemic woman in the Galilean or by the prayers of a beggar in Bangladesh, Jesus stops. Jesus stops. So make your choice. Announce your faith to God and demonstrate your devotion. Amen? We all have a choice to believe or not to believe. And last night, Julie and I watched a <laughs> God is not dead Two or the first one? The first one. It was pretty amazing. I thought I saw it, but I didn't. I was corrected. <laughs> but that was a great show. And in the end, I can tell that professor who was an atheist was moved by that young man's testimony of God and how God is alive. And you can see it at the very end when he accepted Jesus Christ on his, when he was dying in the road. God is not dead. God is alive. Faith is real. And we need to be rooted in that faith deeply. Amen? We need to be pressing in. I need to be pressing in more and more and more. We all do. We need to find time to be alone with God in prayer, in worship, and in His Word. That's how we get to know who God is. That's how we get to build our faith, by reading His Word. Amen? I've been trying to read the Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs. I've been trying to read a proverb a day, every day. I'm going to read it every month. Reread a proverb. Every month. Start with the first proverb for the first day of the month and go all the way through. And then start again and go all the way through. And I'm telling you, you do this, 
one little thing, God will open up his word to you and will reveal mysteries in his word. And will increase your faith. Amen? So, Lord, I just praise you and thank you for this day. I pray, Lord God, I pray that, Lord, your word would speak to us. Lord, I know your word is alive. It's well as you are alive and well. And yet you are for us and you're not against us. Lord, I pray that we would press into you and push in to you and to your kingdom. Especially in, in these last days that we are in. We know we are in these last days. Lord God, help us to have unshakable faith, Lord God, that the enemy cannot penetrate. Lord, we pray that we would take up that shield of faith, that shield of faith which protects us from all the fiery darts of the enemy. As we know from Paul's teaching to the Ephesians, Lord God, and that we would, Lord God, just press into you, press into you. And I pray this over your people today, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if anybody would like prayer for anything, an increase of faith, I pray that you would come down and that we would pray for you, that I would pray for you. I think we all need prayer for an increase of faith. Amen. Amen. So why don't we all come down and Julie and I will lay hands on you and pray for you. Come on up, hon. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God is good. Supernatural faith. God works miracles. Come on, we got plenty of time. When Super Bowl doesn't start until 6.30.